Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. And with me this week, we got a full house. Oh, wait, I am sorry. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Gotta say, please say to JR. Please say to Jr. <laughs> RP Jr. Yes, we have a full, the kid like Ken Griffey Jr. is kind of what I'm, what I'm pushing for now. Full House, we have Ek Two Fly, Eric Trambicki. That's me. We have Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. Good to be back. And we have Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Um so subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews, please. Uh, we should have an interesting show this week. I don't know if anyone watched anything. Uh, this kind of, I don't want to say this was planned. The plan came into to focus that we were going to review an older pay-per-view. Then it was going to be, we were going to review an old Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Then we couldn't get access to the old Ring of Honor pay-per-view. <laughs> and nobody felt like watching the WWE Weekly product. So that leaves us with... Nothing really specific to cover. That leaves me with zero notes for, I think, the first time in the history of this show. Um, I do think that there was one topic we wanted to discuss, which we will get to in a little bit. What do you have, Eck? Cash, one little plug for our loyal listeners. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, if you get the most premium option for the (laughs) Honor Club, you can't watch previous uh, shows. (laughs) I. I don't know. I thought they were going to, you know, give me everything, mail me a DVD, a sticker, a badge, but this just it looks like it's a discount to the shop and then you get to watch the shows as they happen. Yeah, you you can get last year's final battle and the pay-per-view since and all the TVs, but no uh Oh, okay. So you can see. Yeah, all, all all in was up there. Now, and also for your loyal listeners, when you buy one of these, do it with your best friend. You buy it, the best friend will figure out how it works. <laughs> Don't leave yourself to your own devices. Yeah, that's what I'm here. That's what I'm here someone, for. You're going to buy this. You're going to be real confused, not know what you're doing. Tag your bestie in. He'll figure it out. <laughs> that's Did, real, that's true teamwork right there. <laughs> Did anyone watch anything WWE this week? So, Unfor- unfortunately, I did. And prep, you did watch something. I watched like maybe. A half an hour cumulative of Raw. So in so prep, I'll start with you. In the thirty minutes you watched, was there anything of note or of relevance or importance that myself and Eck missed? Hell no. Alo, <laughs> in whatever whatever ungodly amount of time you watched, <laughs> was there anything that Eck, myself, and Prep missed that we would need to go back and see? Well, I'll tell you this one thing. I, I'm guessing Vince doesn't have beef with Ted anymore because apparently he watched The Dark Knight on, T, <laughs> on, T, on TBS this past weekend. And he's like, 
Dean, I got this. I got this excellent idea. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what do you think of Tom Hardy? Yeah, and and that was absolutely horrible. Uh, the Eagles were playing, so I was skimming back and forth, and then I had Angel next to me, and then uh, I would flip back and forth, and when I would flip back the room, I'm like, what the hell is this? It, it was so bad. The only thing redeemable was Baron Corbin, because he was kind of like giving people what they want, but then he would like kind of change it up. For example, Heath Slater and Rhino, we saw, well, we the next day we heard that Rhino was actually retiring. And uh, he booked Heath Slater and Rhino because he only has one spot left on the roster or whatever. And the loser was fired. So Heath Slater wins. And then he Slater comes backstage and Corbin hands Slater a referee shirt. So he said, what? You thought you were going to be a wrestler on here? You're going to be a referee. <laughs> and then Drake, and, uh, he booked Drake Mack versus Bobby Roode one-on-one. And he said if... Bobby Roode wins, then him and Chad Gable get another tag team title match. And then when the match started, AOP's jumping Chad Gable backstage, and Corbin tries to stop it, and makes, then makes it a handicap match, a three-on-two handicap match. But Gable's got jumped backstage, so he just makes it out at the end of the match to help Bobby Roode. But other than that, Raw was terrible. Good news is Alexa Bliss has officially cleared the wrestle again, so that's good. Um... There is nothing here. Uh, Dean and Dean actually finally brought up the IC title. So now that's kind of about that. And it's something I want to mention before I actually move on. Cause I've, I've been meaning to bring this up for the last two weeks, but I love what they're doing with Renee, how irritated she is <laughs> when Graves asks her questions, because like, that's kind of logical, but like, she's like really getting offensive, well, offensive, of, offended that he's asking these questions. Defensive. Defensive, thank you, Bestie. Mm-hmm. See, that's what that's, that's what they're for. And she's getting defensive and irritated that he keeps asking these questions because those are personal questions. That what goes on in their home is their business, and she doesn't always know what's going on with him. So that's been really interesting in the last three weeks. But other than that, Raw has been absolutely terrible. It was my idea to not review the shows because I didn't want you guys to waste your time on Tuesday. <laughs> I did feel SmackDown. I did watch a bit of SmackDown. I did think SmackDown was a bit better, but I'm just completely turned off by this comp- by these weekly shows. I might want to say this company because this company has done some good for me, a lot of good things for me. But I'm just completely turned off with these weekly shows. Yeah. Uh, how long do you guys think before Renee Young moves on to greener pastures, or do you think that she's with Dean, keeps her there? Because I feel like she's better than being there. Well, what do you mean, like? Better than being with WWE or being commentary? Yeah, like I could see her getting a job with like ESPN or like like NBC Sports or something. Like I could see her doing something bigger than what she's doing now. Oh, they I, wa- I don't see that in the near future. I actually um, complete, uh, I guess, different direction. But I think uh, I think Laugh may have put a listener question in about this a few weeks ago. I could see her being like uh, more of a you know, orange, you know, uh, a focal character in this, you know, a character that's going to be on TV, not just you're hearing her voice. I think she gets involved in this storyline. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, yes, I, what, I mean, just to kind of fantasy book it, I, I could see this being like Dean wins the title at TLC. You get the rematch at the rumble 
Seth's about to win, and Renee costs Seth the match. So you think we're going to see her role in WWE increase, not her say, you know what, I could do more somewhere else? Yes. I've seen her on social media mention stuff about, like, you know, how committed she is to WWE. I don't see her going anywhere. Yeah, she's not going anywhere. ESPN a few years back, they wanted her really bad. And I don't know if you know this, Pash, but uh, Charlie Caruso's actually been working for ESPN simultaneously while working with WWE, too. So I'm, I'm sure if they wanted Renee, they could got got Renee to do ESPN, too. But I don't know what they're going to do with that because it's just too good, you know? And, <laughs> and we, we haven't been getting good things this year. And this year has been a complete disappointment on a weekly basis, for the most, except for maybe a few weeks. Every time we get excited about something, it gets taken away the next week. And I just don't know anymore. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> yeah, so I did not know that about uh, Charlie being on ESPN because part of my no cable package means I don't have ESPN. Okay. No um, cable game. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, the most basic of channels. I think I get uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, like the CW, Fox, and, like, PBS. And I don't get a whole lot. <laughs> Does your cable box hang out of your window? <laughs> Does your cable box have rabbit ears? It doesn't. If I had rabbit ears, I'd probably get more channels. You'd probably get more channels. Uh, you would, because Maybe. that's not even... That's not even cable. Yeah, maybe I should get rabbit ears. You should. Um, oh yeah, they make HD ones now too. <laughs> you know what? I actually did think about uh, investing in one of those, uh, but I don't know how well they actually work. Let me call Amazon. They deliver in a day now. Do they really? Yes. Yeah. That trust. Trust me, I know. <laughs> you know what, Alo? I guess you would know better than any of us. The, the the true Saint Nick over there. Yes. <laughs> um, so what we kind of settled on to have some sort of topic for this week's episode was an interaction on Twitter that Pete Dunn had with someone I like to consider a whiny crybaby fan that is one of my least favorite things about the world of pro wrestling. Uh, does anyone have access to this? Immediately to like read it. Got it. Okay, prep. Do you want to hit us with it? So this is how it started. Uh, just to give context to people, the um, the WWE is basically scooping up all the high level UK talent for their UK brand, and they just signed everybody who was signed before. I don't know if you guys remember that the report came out where they were making. On their original UK contracts, like twenty grand a year, but they were able to work wherever they want. I do. So they signed them to bigger contracts. They could still work at the promotions that are have certain relationship with WWE, but those promotions aren't allowed to stream their <clears throat> matches. So who would that be? Like Evolve. Uh, yeah, but we're mainly talking about the UK. So Progress, WXW, OTT. Um, and there's some other people too. But, but those are the, the UK those are the guys main do three. evolve. 
some of them, yeah, when they come to the U.S. <clears throat> but continue what you're saying. Sorry, I was just curious who they who they actually have a working relationship with. So yeah, so basically, like a lot of the promotions put their put their bank on having like a Pete Dunn, having a British strong style, even Travis Banks, you know. And now that they signed Walter, like Walter's, I, I think he's the progress champ. And you're telling me that you're not allowed to stream his match. You know what I mean? So Pete Dunn sent out a tweet. Um, and he, this was on the 27th of November. He says, British wrestling is safe. We'll continue to grow. The talent pool is deep. Your favorite wrestlers are achieving goals that, and taking steps in their career. Don't believe anything you read. Brit Russ is alive and well. So then, this was this is how the conversation started with the fan. Our favorites are now priced out of our budget as far as live shows are concerned. Not all of us can afford upwards of 50 euro a ticket. Pete Dunn replied... That's an exaggeration. Also, what if your favorite wrestlers go to WrestleMania? That will be out of the budget for a lot of people to travel that far. But if they're truly your favorite, you'll be made up for them and excited to watch on a very affordable streaming service. Another fan replies, I don't think you're truly seeing it from a fan perspective. You're only thinking what's best for business for yourself at Pete Dunne. You're selling out to the big American corporation and forgetting your grassroots. Pete Dunn replies, put 12 years, a countless amount of money and months away from home at a time in an attempt to get your dream job. When you finally achieve your goal and you can also create a great life for your family I'll make sure to discredit your hard work and tell you that you're a sellout. And that was that was all the context we had in the one screenshot. <laughs> so we don't know if this guy came back at Pete Dunne after that. I mean, by that finish, I think that Pete Dunne felt like he probably had enough to say. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat, he handled it masterfully. Um. But you guys got really hot at the argument. So <laughs> I'll did, let you guys did? go. Who, who, who got like, heat at that? For sure, I did. Well, Pash got well, Pash, you, you hate everyone. So we got to say it here. <laughs> but it's, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about what bothered you about it, and then maybe I'll try to make some type of sense of it. So, like, my, I mean, my obviously my very first, like, initial reaction to it is, like, this – like this dork is basically the the reason because if you guys remember two years ago i said you know what i am tired of wwe i want to invest more into like independent wrestling and like that was a thing for a while and then i got I remember to the point, that yeah and then i got to the point where i was like i hate all these people that like this <laughs> they're making me not like it like you know you want to just complain about roman reigns and john cena like non-stop about Oh, you know, all the all the kickouts. Oh, you need a bulldozer to beat John Cena. Oh, you need a tank to beat Roman Reigns. But then you're basically jerking off to like a million false finishes in a Johnny Gargano match. And it's like, okay, <laughs> so you like it when some guys do it, but you don't like it when other guys do it. 
And it just kind of caused this like divide for me where it's like, all right, I hate the entire culture around this, which makes me not want to be a part of it. And then sometimes I'll see something happening in the wrestling community where I'm like, oh, that's like the cool part of it. That's the part I like. That's the part I wanted to tap into. But like that guy's comment, it was like exactly what I don't like. And he's like the parody. He's like the exact target for somebody like Vince Russo or somebody like Triple H when he cuts a promo on the fans. Like this guy's whole thing is, but what about me? What about the guys I like? I want it to be this way. And it just plays into the whole thing of like, well, I don't like Roman. He wasn't on the indies. I think Sami Zayn should be the champion. Like, that's like what I hate. That's what I can't stand about it. And that guy was like exhibit A of like, yes, you are exactly what I'm talking about. You care about yourself. Like these guys are. And that's why I will never say anything bad legitimately about an indie talent. I'll joke around and say I don't know who Kenny Omega is or whatever, <laughs> but, like, that's the shtick. I know who he is. He's great at what he does. Uh, and I'll never take anything away from him for that. Um, but this guy is you're – th- you're supposed to be what is supporting these guys. You're supposed to be the one who does love these guys, and you're mad at them for finding success. So I agree with Pratt. Like, Pete Dunne really couldn't have handled it any better. Um like, he really, like, laid out the points where, like, I don't even know what that guy could have said in response. Yeah. But, like, that it's... is the problem I have is, like, the, the selfishness and, like, the whiny, complainy, I want what I want. And you should just always give me what I want. Well, guess what? You're not the only one who, who watches this. You're not the only one who likes anything. There are thousands and millions of people that are interested in this, too, and they don't all like the same thing as you. The the irony to me in this, and again, I don't know if these fans were guys that you know live out in the UK, and that's why they were just complaining because it's harder to see their guys. But I assume, let's say they're not, let's say or one is, and one's in America. You figure a lot of these avid indie wrestling fans who've been indie wrestling fans for years and years. You know, AJ Styles came to WWE. What's it now? Two years ago, more. It's coming on three. Yeah. So AJ Styles is 41. So he came to WWE right after turning 38. Or no, I guess he was 38 and a half, according to Wikipedia. So he's 38 and a half. And after he's there for a year, year and a half, constantly you just keep hearing all these fans cry about how he should have been here for years. He should have been here for years. All the years he wasted, all the years like he should have been here. He should have been main eventing WrestleMania. But at the same time, Pete Dunn, who's 25, who's getting to work in WWE, he's already been there for two years now. He gets to be in WWE at a young age, and you're going to get those matches and that experience with him at a young age. But you want to complain about it, but you can, meanwhile, you can be mad that you didn't get that with AJ. Like, that's, that's the weird thing to me about it. Right, so you're mad if it takes somebody too long to get the call from WWE, but then you're mad when somebody gets it at all. Yeah, like, you think about, like, how many of these guys from the independents are in their early 30s. You think about, like, the guys like Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and, like, a good part of their, their career is probably over. They're probably already halfway through their career, if not farther, but... But then you got someone like Pete Dunne who has the rest of his career ahead of him. And, you know, they, they want to just hate where he's at. Yeah, um, I have something else that kind of goes hand in hand with this after we finish this subject. But 
Pete Dunn just kind of explain life to you, people to people, because you can't please everybody. And at the end of the day, you have to look up for yourself. And Pete Dunn worked hard for all those years to get to where he actually wanted to be. And now a fans bashing him. And in that group text, I did, I told you guys that, like Ron was talking about, these fan, like the whole term of, like Cody said, WWE is wonderful, but they don't own pro wrestling. We own pro wrestling. These fans take that to the head. And they really buy into that. They really buy into that whole that whole thought and they're like, okay, this is what I want. So if this is right, I don't want him a champion. He's the champion. We've seen it. We've seen it too. Why the women main eventing the mention main event, the show's messed up now. Like shut the hell up. It, it shut the hell up. You don't own, like, I understand the concept of, of the fans own wrestling, but you don't own wrestling. I understand that concept. And Pete Dunne, he did nothing wrong. It's, he did nothing wrong at all. And you can't ba- one and one person bashing you isn't that's not a like that's not enough to change your mind, and that's how these fans act so self entitled to now. And going off of self entitlement, I have a quote from Xavier Woods. I don't know if any of you guys saw this this past week. Was it in reference to this or totally separate? It, it, it's separate, but it kind of goes hand in hand with it. So the headline of this article is. Xavier Woods says WWE fans come off as entitled infants. So Woods says, when people talk about the difference between the organizations, not even organizations, between like NXT and the main roster. So when they say like, oh man, TakeOver killed it. SummerSlam, this is going to suck. It's on the same company. What is there to complain about? You just got an awesome wrestling show on Saturday night. You just had an awesome wrestling show on Sunday night. They ain't going to watch Raw on Monday and SmackDown on Tuesday, then NXT. What are you complaining about? And then, like, you can watch New Japan. You can watch AAA. You can watch so much wrestling from all corners of the world. And it's all awesome. And it's all good. It's all different guys and girls portraying their form of art that they that they love, that they, that they want to give to you. So anytime anyone complains about wrestling, it's so annoying to me because people come off as these entitled infants because, in reality, wrestling hurts so bad. And then we're hurting ourselves to entertain the masses, and sometimes the masses want to tell us how much it sucks. Any thoughts? I mean, it's true, and that's always been my thing. Is like it's why I refuse to boo at an event. It's why it pisses me off because somebody is putting their health and their physical safety on the line to entertain you. And most of my complaints are about like what Vince McMahon wants to do or what like. Hunter and Stephanie want to do or things like that. My complaints are rarely about individuals except for people that I feel like don't actually respect what it is they do, like William Goldberg or Randall Orton. Uh, Like those guys are the only guys I'll insult. And they have gotten paid so handsomely to do this that me saying something negative about them is not going to hurt them at all. So like they're the only ones I'll take a shot at. Uh, and I'll never complain about a WWE show not being as good as an NXT show because they're two totally different things. Like, they're putting on two totally different types of shows. WWE isn't trying to put on NXT TakeOver. They're trying to put on a WWE show. That's what they do. There's a reason why I would say two and a half to three and a half million people watch the main roster every week and probably like, I don't know, 500,000, 600,000 
watch NXT every week. There's a reason for that. So, yeah, comparing those two brands within the same company is stupid. Looking at anything WWE does as separate from anything else is kind of silly. It's all one company. It's also kind of the problem. Like, they have so much going on that they don't really need to focus on any one thing. And I feel like that's why the main roster product sucks. Also, to to the original point that uh, Prep brought up in the Pete, Pete Dunn thing, they're not only trying to scoop up all the UK talent, they're trying to scoop up all of the talent that's out there. Like, just how many guys have gotten signed in the last two months? Like, Matt Riddle is one, Keith Lee is one, Walter is one. I know I'm forgetting probably at least two more significant people. Oh, ACH is one, right? In January, him, Shane Strickland, Trevor Lee. So basically, they are they are trying to say we are wrestling. And we're going to get everyone who's worth it. Like, it's great for these guys. And I do understand. Like, if you're a fan, the shows that you want to go to see live are going to suffer. But, like, I, I just don't get being mad at the guy who... <laughs> who took his, his paycheck when he got the opportunity. Yeah, and to kind of go off what you just said about WWE signing everybody and like the whole quote of WWE, they try to own wrestling, which is true because especially in this day and age, I can't really blame them because of the because we always say WWE is too much, but there's actually too much of everything because – there's Netflix, or services. I said this in the group text. There's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's Amazon Prime. There's all kind. There's um. There's all kinds of things that come out with all these streaming services. And WWE being a wrestling streaming ser- network, being a, re- a wrestling streaming service, they're catering to everybody, just like any other streaming service would. So there's a bit of everything for everybody. If you don't like Raw and SmackDown, you can watch the old ones. You can watch the old pay-per-views. If you like independent wrestling, you can watch NXT. Uh, if you like in, uh, more independent wrestling in, or the British style, you can watch NXT UK. All of it is kind of like an indie feel in a smaller environment, but with, with high production, with a high production value. All that's there. So WWE, they see that the independents are on the rise, and they're also they're trying to be a part of that and make it bigger than bigger, make the independents their version of an independent bigger than what's actually going on in the independence as itself. So I can't blame WWE from that perspective. They're just a dad thing to what the times are because also we have New Japan World. Uh, my bestie talks about Ring of Honor, Honor Club app. Um, Impact, they have they have their global wrestling network, I believe that, I believe what it's called. There's Twitch. Everybody has a streaming service. And WWE trying to, be, trying to stay up and be number one, which they probably always will be, they're doing nothing wrong from that perspective. And you can't take, you can't call somebody a sellout because they're taking their dream. Because no matter what, no matter how you put it, growing up, WWE is your dream growing up. And it's all, and now when you get there, it's a whole different story. But from the, from the, from the jump, when you sign, you're excited, you're, you're excited and you're hoping for big things. And this is why we have a found respect for, the elite because they're set on we're going to sell we're going to bet on ourselves if we could be bigger than this company yeah i respect that about them and prep so you've heard all of our kind of um i can't think of the right word it's escaping me at the moment um i'll I'll just use the easy word our like kind of negative thoughts 
Negative. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even really. So so I'll I'll, I'll just take it because it wasn't that you guys were negative. You guys were just more like you were giving it from the from the fan defending the wrestler perspective. So I'll give it to you from the fan defending the fan perspective. Um, I will not defend the fact that the fan didn't come off like an idiot the way he said his stuff because there was better ways to say it. But imagine, I'm just going to say it for the show because imagine, I guess the only indie that we go to collectively as a unit is House of Hardcore, right? Yeah. So imagine going to a House of Hardcore show. No Sammy Callahan, no Willie Mack, no Nick Aldis, no um, Shane Strickland. Who who are some of the B guys? No Alex I Reynolds. Think, has Shane Strickland been there at a show we went to? I think he went to one. Alo, hey, didn't we see him be before? No, no, we saw Leo Rush. I don't recall seeing Shane Strickland there. Well, Shane Strickland's getting signed anyway, but that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, like. Who do you have left? But see what this thing with Pete Dunn also said, and you you've even said this to me as well. The independents they evolve. So when one guy goes, there's the next guy up. Because I mean, you had this specific conversation. It was about Shane Strickland, and then he was like, he was like, oh, we, I, I, I remember the exact guidelines of the whole conversation. But he's like, yeah, if he signs, but it, it, that's the Indies. They just. They keep going. Next guy will be up. The next guy yeah, will tear it Yeah, for sure, up. because there's there's people that I watch on smaller indies, like guys like Casey Navarro that we see at every Icons, and you guys don't even know who he is. But this little short kid's a wrestler, and he's actually really good. And he's in a feud that he's been with for years with Jordan Oliver, who's in the indies right now, and he's killing it at CZW. And it's only a matter of time before you see him. I know that the indies evolve, but when you're taking a hit like that, that has a chance to put a smaller promotion out of business that they won't even be able to run their next show. These guys aren't built off money. Like, these guys don't have a lot of money. No, I mean, I guess just playing devil's advocate with that, I feel like in a way, just because you use the example of House of Hardcore, I feel like we've already dealt with that and we're still kind of dealing with it. Like, I know the, the first show that Ron and I went to, you know, they, they had some big names and there was a lot of people that were, you know, former WWE ECW guys. Some of those guys, Rhino included, he got re-picked up by WWE. So I think he may have been at one or two more shows, but not ones in Philly. So by the next time they were in Philly, I think he had his like go, go away, uh, you know, his, uh, farewell show, but we went, what was it? April, April of last year. So over a year and a half ago, that was the last time in Philly that building was sold out. But I mean, they had Bubba Ray. They had, I mean, the, they had the Hardys, the Hardys were there. They just got picked back up by WWE. So meanwhile, Matt Hardy worked the past three house of hardcore shows in Philly. So they lose Matt Hardy. But when Sammy Callahan first started doing those house hardcore shows, like he was still out there in a singlet and yeah, he had that like buzz fresh out of NXT, but his indie character wasn't as hot as it is now. I mean, obviously I know I'm excited to see him at any house of hardcore show we go to, but I know the first two times I went, I wasn't excited. It's because of the show. I got excited to see him. Yeah. And 
I know that the indies are going to evolve and we'll have other people because look like Alo just said, like we go to house of hardcore show. We see Leo rush. We see Tony niece. Those guys are gone. So then that makes way for people like Luchasaurus and, um, what's, what's the other really tall guy's name that just got picked up by impact the, the X MMA fighter, whatever that guy, like, like there are other people coming up and we don't know these guys, but then we learn to like them and know them. But like, what if all those guys got picked up in the UK? They picked up a B C and D level talent, like guys who, who aren't even good <laughs> just to say that they have them. <laughs> yeah. Like, so the, the thing about the, the Indies evolving is like, it takes time to evolve. Like if you think of like the, the evolution, like in our world, it's not like an animal is one thing, one generation and a new thing, the next generation, like it takes time. So like WWE lost all of their big name people in the early to mid nineties. And it took them what, four or five years to get to a point where they were competing with WCW and that's WWF, like the biggest name in wrestling. So like I understand so I actually understand it way more from the promotion point of view of like this is killing us and putting us out of business more so than like the individual fan whining that like ah you sold out. So they are taking people probably faster than new stars can develop. Like so there is something to be said for that. Like it takes time for this to evolve. Now, are there guys who are going to benefit from it? Sure. Like, some other guys may get a more prominent spot. But then when that guy becomes big, WWE is just going to take them too. And it it may be where WWE is signing guys too fast for the talent pipeline to keep up. Yeah, and we kind of had interviews that kind of go with your points because we have Flip Gordon, and we talked about his interest in WWE and, and 205 Live, and he discussed that... It was a year prior, sure, but now, but now today, no, because he because he he doesn't want to be programmed. He doesn't want to be repackaged. He he wants to wrestle his weekends. He wants to wrestle whenever he whenever he wants and whenever he can, and not being told that he not being told, hey, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And you go to the other perspective. We interviewed Zeta. Now I don't I don't remember exactly what she said, but she was offered a WWE contract and just jumped at it. Not much wrestling experience at all, just jumped at it. And they signed her up, and she was released a year after the Mae Young Classic. So we kind of have two different two different perspectives from those points of view. Now, like Prep said, the, a, the, C, D, the C and D level guys in the UK, that's probably the best offer they probably can get. So I can't really blame them. But it just – it's all about – your your perspective on, on, on what you on like your what you're getting how you're getting booked how you're getting paid and things around things in that nature. Yeah, we got to remember not everybody is the young bucks and Cody. Yeah, guaranteed money is guaranteed money. Not yeah. everybody's gonna go out and make money like those guys. Yeah, yeah, they could get signed by WWE and not be doing anything and still be getting paid. Yeah, and I, mean, have- I mean, speaking speaking of them, I mean, how many times have they said? They got friends in WWE that are making close to what they're making in the Indies. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, for example, uh, Donovan Dijak. He's on, he's only been on NXT TV a handful of times. And before Leo Rush got the two hundred five live, he was hardly on the, on NXT TV. It's, th- those are prime examples right there. 
really WWE their booking we can't really look too much into it but it's kind of like a luck thing like if Vince sees you or if somebody sees you like you get picked look at Braun Strowman like he never touched NXT on the TV show he did the live events and stuff but he never made it to the TV show and got brought up look at Lars Sullivan he never really got a proper run you know he squashed a bunch of people and now they're building him like the biggest NXT call up of all time <laughs> the, most yeah, they, 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 after, the most sought after the most sought after well this leads me to like something I said on a Ronnie versus the world segment a couple months ago my favorite like, podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I promise uh, that was not a plug of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. W- watch it. You'll never watch The Dark Knight the same way again. <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, well, Prep does because Prep does not appreciate my uh, I do. My I liberal I agenda. Yeah, you're socialist slander. <laughs> um, but it puts me in a tough spot because, like, I, I really don't like WWE as a company for a lot of reasons which I've talked about on this show before. But I also don't like a lot of the culture going on from a fan perspective outside of WWE. So it's like I hate WWE, but then I also hate like the anti-WWE people. And it's like, how do I pick a side when I don't like either side? Like, it, it makes it very difficult. But it's like really the the, en- <laughs> the enemy... <laughs> I- the enemy truly is WWE in that, like, WWE is becoming Amazon, where they, where Amazon is making it impossible for, like, other retail outlets to succeed. WWE is making it impossible for, like, smaller promotions to, to be able to succeed. They're, like, making it light years more difficult. So yeah. they are the enemy for the overall wrestling industry. Uh, and nothing's obviously going to happen to change that. That's why I'm rooting so hard for like this all elite thing to be backed by someone legitimate that could make it into something that it's not going to compete right away, but something that can at least get WWE's attention right away. It it will make an impact. Now prep, were you shaking your head at what I was saying or something else in time himself? I just don't know how. So, okay. I wasn't on the show when you guys brought up all elite wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Terrible name, by the way. It, it is, is awful. The uh, the initials is awful. It sounds like a fa- like a Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I feel about all elite wrestling. To be honest, like as much as I want to see those guys succeed, I don't think a new promotion is going to do that. A new promotion is going to succeed or a new promotion is going to like change anything? I don't I don't know if a new promotion will change the game. It will only change the game if someone with real money is behind it. Which was like that was my whole thing of like I'd love to see Mark Cuban be involved in it because Mark Cuban can make it can like legitimize it in a way that like they can't do themselves. Yeah, but isn't Mark Cuban's channel like access? Yeah. New Japan's on access. So how much is Mark Cuban's involvement really going to do something? Because obviously if he's going to invest in it, he's going to want it on his platform. So my feeling... I don't know if we discussed it on here, but isn't there already someone rumored that's involved with it that like owns a football team? Yeah, yeah the, the Jaguars. If you, oh, really? If you, check out, if you check out the Suns 
Twitter follows. It's like Cody, the Bucks, uh, SCU, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, Co- Cody and Brandy were at the game this past weekend. Um, in, the, in, in the suite, in the owner's suite. So, yeah, my, like my philosophy with Mark Cuban was not for him to just put it on his own channel. My philosophy was for him just to have his money in it and get like a real network deal. Obviously, I'm not a businessman. I would not be in those meetings to like try to make that happen. But that was kind of where my head was at is like it will be on a a more legitimate channel than than Axis. Well, go ahead, Eric. Here's a thought, guys. So we're sitting here. We're currently recording this on the fifth of the month, so twenty six days left till the new year. When you're listening to this, twenty five days left till the new year. I guess here's the real question. You know, we we all know that there's a speculation: do they go to WWE? Do they stay in the Indies? Do they stay in a company that they're in, or is this new wrestling company actually a thing? Um, I think something to consider or really think about something's happening in, you know, less than four weeks, you know, they, you know, they've been taunting this thing. Ron probably doesn't know it, but they have a countdown running on their phone that ends on January 1st. And it's like on January 1st, they make their decision or they reveal their decision. So if this is a company, it's not like we're really, I don't, I don't think we'd be waiting to mania weekend to hear about it. If there's a company coming, we know about it early January. Yeah, the uh, the guy who's the investor is Shahid Khan's son, uh, Tony Khan. He's a Pakistani-American billionaire. He owns the Jaguars, Fulham FC of the English Premier League, and the owner of an automobile parts manufacturer in Illinois. Calhan so. Auto Parts from Tommy Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Flexing gate, his net worth is seven point four billion. So like he I mean I'm not gonna say compete, but he could make it a real thing. Yeah, now Prep said change the game. Now it depends on what you define as change the game. Now, changing the game as being an alternative WWE, just like any other promotion is, they can change the game as far as they will need Take to it. eat, sleep, and breathe <laughs> this business. This business. <laughs> yeah, because I know. But they already do. <laughs> and then with the uh, – I know you guys have seen the sheets, probably seen the sheets or heard things about certain guys' contracts in WWE are coming up this uh, in the upcoming year. Oh, and, I'm glad you brought this up. And some of them, depending on if this promotion is real – and is in legit gets a big TV deal. They'll consider jumping to all elite wrestling or whatever it's going to be called. Now, changing the game doesn't have to be going head to head because the elite as a whole have already changed the game of wrestling. They just went out and did their own pay per view, even though it's only one show. It's still kind of a big deal, but not on WWE's radar. Now, I think they could change the game by being an alternative and actually draw more fans than everything else that's on television and that can be presented as a big deal not competing with wwe but just being an alternative that almost everybody knows about because this is kind of this kind of doesn't have to to go with it go um go with anything i'm saying but uh the bucks just teased they signed with lj no they 
did sign with LG. Okay. I heard this spoiler a while back. Okay. I, I don't know if you guys remember me telling you that, like, during the summer. Yeah, so that's a big deal because I hate whatever who meant poor race or RH figs. I hate those. <laughs> Figures Toy Company. Figures Toy Company. They, they look horrible. Oh, the Conan that just dropped is so good, though. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. I did see that today. Conan but O'Brien? Good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll grab it for you. Pass this weekend. The Conan O'Brien figure, the, and their, their blue mini was good. They ha- they did have some good ones, but I mean, another good thing to piggyback off what my bestie's saying over here. It's just something that's been brilliant about what the Bucks been doing the whole time. I mean, you know, they did have the the figures through Figures Toy Company, and then they ran off and they got the Pops deal. And then, you know, they got the deal with Pro Wrestling Tees, and Pro Wrestling Tees, you know, touted multiple times. They're their number one seller. I mean, you got the Young Bucks outselling Chris Jericho, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Andre the Giant. I mean, they're like some of the biggest names of all time have Pro Wrestling Tees stores, and the Young Bucks all year have been, or, or if not all year, at least eight plus months have been number one and uh, no way 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 more it's than, been than a that. year yeah well, longer yeah, than well, a year. i know there was some kind of, like uh what's it called i don't know if you guys listened to it but the the guy who run, owns pro wrestling tees he did say that there was i guess oh, i don't know how recent but within the last year there was some months that austin still would pull through yeah or, punk and so, austin when punk first punk, opened yeah. the store he passed them and austin is always a big seller they said yeah yep 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 which but, is crazy because I mean, like, those shirts are awful. Yeah, <laughs> they, I, I'm shocked to hear that. It, it's just, it, but it's, it's you know it's just it's the name. I mean, someone's you know, and it's the mainstream TV that he gets on because he wears those shirts on that crappy oh, TV boy. show. Let's go, Rash. God damn. <laughs> is that show still a thing? I think they canceled it. But but I mean, like I was saying, I mean the the business sense of those guys is just so smart. I mean, you think from that stuff to a children's book to all in the event and or and forth and or and forth. And then now they're bringing back LJN figures. I mean, they're out of it. They're, they're going to just keep going upwards. And if they make an impact, I think all really, if, if the company happens, it's going to make an impact. There's no way it doesn't like the, the real question is, and I think it's almost like a oxymoron, but does it blow out the other stuff that's there? Like, the companies they came from, Ring of Honor and New Japan, are they going to blow them away? Um, is it going to blow away like the smaller indies that you can watch or on Twitch or you stream <laughs> off of different websites? Is it going to blow off Impact, which has changed names three or four times and been around for 15 plus years? Is it going to blow away everything outside of WWE? But also, you, you almost got to assume, because if it's going to be the elite involved with it and how quick can they sign other people, like I'm sure they're going to work in conjunction with, to some extent with other companies. I'm sure they're going to have wrestlers that are going to wrestle that may not get a contract right away. And to piggyback off Aaron's comment about the tweet, I mean, if Ron didn't see this, you, you know, I want to know your point of view on it, but Matt Jackson put out a tweet, I think, during Raw. Don't worry, guys. One day we will wrestle the Revival. Yeah, and I saw the revival said the same thing. I mean, I, I really don't know what to make of it. Like, nor do you want to see the match. We know, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't put my butt in the seat. So maybe you okay. don't like the. I thought you liked the revival. I, I do. I, I think it was just shtick of me not caring about. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> you can't tell. Really. Those small southern. <laughs> 
wannabes. No, so so okay, I'll, I'll I'll say that maybe saying change the game was the wrong term because they already did that. But for me, them changing the game is them taking away viewers from WWE. Can they achieve that? Now, Can they take away subscribers from the network? Now, see, the thing is, we can't, we can't really say we're going to take away viewers from WWE unless they win on Monday or Tuesday. That, that's, the, that's the problem. I think so they would take away some viewers. Well, people though. could skip Monday and Tuesday yeah, yeah, if they I, I know, know that, that Thursday Thursday Night Dynamite is coming on. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shoot. That's their that's I know, the I know. Really? Yeah. Yo, the company may not sound good, but I'm ready to watch Dynamite. You're ready for Thursday Night Dynamite? <laughs> I'm ready to Dynamite. The funny part is Dynamite sounds like Thunder, and they used to have Thursday Night Thunder. Yo, I guarantee Cody came up with that name. He's a mark for WCW. <laughs> yeah, see, that, but see, that's the thing. That, we, even if they, they skip Monday and Tuesday, it's still hard to say. Did, they, did those viewers that didn't watch, watch this on and Thursday? Then, and two things, like, are they really going to lose subscribers? Like, how many people now, obviously, as a group, we have the network, now Honor Club. We have New Japan. So, I mean, we have multiple subscriptions. So, people that have WWE, they're going to, all right, cool, here's another subscription. Take my money. But... Here's the thing, you, you know, you're asking, like, are they going to take people away? You're going to have people that are going to do both. And then when Ron was making the comment about, like, the people that hate WWE and, like, his thoughts are in that, like, the people that hate WWE and don't watch it and that are pro wrestling fans, I admire them. I'm jealous of them. I wish I could just stop watching. Like, yeah. it's, it's one thing, like, I'm cutting back heavy on the, the weekly product. But I mean, I like I've said it multiple times over the past couple weeks. I still look forward to the monthly special because that usually delivers. But I normally wake up on Tuesday morning and said, "Oh my God, I wasted three hours of my time watching that." And I maybe Max, being very generous, got thirty minutes that mattered that I enjoyed. Yeah, Richie Ed said it the best. WWE is an abusive relationship. <laughs> So my feeling is, and this was another thing I said uh, maybe like four four or so episodes ago, that I don't I would I would not be watching this this anymore if we weren't doing this podcast. And I'm exclusively a YouTube highlights guy now. Like <laughs> I am the most casual WWE fan. Like what they want everybody to do, what they always champion is their YouTube numbers. You made me that. Like, that's all I care about is to watch six or seven YouTube clips every week. And even this week when I didn't do that, I was like, that was nice. I didn't have to waste that 28 minutes watching that stuff. Um, But now this week I feel like you guys, like, got there too. Where, like, Alo, you were watching on Monday night and were like, this is horrible. And (laughs) nobody else really watched it. So I, I actually forgot until 15 minutes into the episode. I did watch raw, <laughs> but we got off the phone as soon as it started. Me and Eck were on the phone and I'm like, I guess I'm going to watch this atrocity of a show. And he was like, all right, for cooking tips. And another thing I said a couple weeks ago was WWE is putting us in a place where like, I feel like I can't even say anything original anymore. Like, Everybody's complaining. Everybody's got the same complaints. I think that was the week, Alo, that I mentioned. If uh, 
Insecure just had Issa going to work and coming home, I would stop watching it. I said maybe that's the one original thing I got out was the only one comparing it to Insecure. But um, that's, like, my concern now is, like, we have all become so disinterested. I've been very proud of us being able to do an entertaining show every week on something we're not enjoying. And I don't think we have been complaining the way that a lot of other podcasts do. I think our complaints are more on the valid side of things, are more with issues we have with the way things are being presented than just, oh, I don't I don't like the, the hand-picked guys. Like, I feel like that's what a lot of other podcasts do. I'm telling you right now, like, there is a part of me that thinks if this other promotion launches and they have a weekly show and they have, say six pay-per-views a year or something like that, I would strongly consider scrapping reviewing WWE every week and just have us, no pun intended, go all in on what these guys are doing with our show. That's a good pun. Like, I don't know. Like, are you guys concerned about, like, how do we continue doing a really good podcast when we all hate what we're watching every week? Yes, because I I asked you about – if you guys didn't put it together, I hate it raw – I asked Ron, would you mind doing a throwback and then just having a brief discussion of the weekly shows? He said, fine. And all of us huddled together. We we, uh, we decided on a show, but then due to Honor Club not being honorable, the that show wasn't still honorable. coming, listeners. Stay <laughs> yeah. tuned. Due to, due to Honor Club not being honorable, we, w- we weren't able to bring that to you. So yeah. I was thinking maybe we could do retrospective episodes on superstars. We could bring you more throwback madness, uh, countdown shows, and still give small thoughts throughout every episode to see, just just to keep keep you updated on how we're feeling with things. I I I brainstormed ideas, and like I said, this the the last month has just been terrible. This is what I want. <laughs> the show to be let me let me take you peek behind the curtain guys <laughs> this is this is a meeting right now secretly and we're trying to figure out if this is what we want to do this is what i want to do i'm sorry alo if i came across as an a-hole in the group text but i'm like dude i do not want to review the show no, no i don't want to watch I, armageddon i just no, want to talk your pain i felt yeah. your pain because I, like, I was like all right whatever doesn't matter to me. I just don't want to talk about raw. I have nothing to say. I, I had. I don't take notes anymore. I usually re- just remember what's going on. There was nothing for me to remember. I just saw the Eagles won, which I was happy about. <laughs> the only I note you took, <laughs> Eagles should have paid. You should have paid all your attention to that show and skipped the garbage. <laughs> yeah, so I, it, it's bad. It's terrible. The one thing I do ask, and and I never want to be this guy because I'm not the host, but listeners, if you enjoy the format, you have to let us know because we will scrap everything that we've been doing and continue (laughs) this. Yes, because I had a whole – I was off today, so I had a whole thing I could have ran down if you guys wanted to do something else. I had tons of ideas. No, we needed you to have breakfast with Angel <laughs> and take pictures in a Brunch. jean jacket and some Yeezys in front of a wall. In front of a Richie, wall. Richie's crashing his car listening. Uh, uh-huh. I, yeah, like, um. I was looking cute. Like I said, uh, <laughs> when, I said when I said last week when we brought up the Maddie Awards and I said we should be getting the Talking All This Madness Award, 
I mean it because I feel like what we have been doing every week has been presenting WWE product in a more entertaining fashion than they do themselves. And I think like we should be commending ourselves for that. I truly believe that. I'm not a mark for myself. I would hope everyone knows that. But I truly believe that. Like we are we are making this more entertaining than WWE is. Well, you remember WWE sent you a slammy that one year. <laughs> That's true. I did get a slammy <laughs> one year. Yeah, I, yeah. We, can, we got now. another good brother that can cop a slammy. He's a cop out there in, <laughs> in Westchester. He needs to cop up on slammies for us. <laughs> yeah, I. but like, yeah, I don't know. D- does this show just become it could be anything on any given week? Like, I don't <laughs> any, really know. Any given madness. It could, I mean, it really I think we could got, be. I think we got about three episodes of change. And then when we get to our three-year anniversary, I guess that'll be the time to really figure out how the format goes. I guess it's going to be three three months of craziness. Oh yeah, well, I mean, which which is fine. Like, but I like it that way. Unpredictable. That's how prep, wrestling should be. Prep. You asked me something about the other day about like, I, I don't know if it was directed solely at me or, or like the whole group, but like, why don't you like embrace the alternatives and. For me, that comes down to, like, I am a sports entertainment guy more so than a wrestling guy. And I feel like a lot of the other alternatives are wrestling. And that's, like, that's not what I'm passionate about. The unfortunate part is nobody's really doing sports entertainment that I'm passionate about anymore either. And I think that's like, gets to the heart of why it's been so difficult for me. These six elite guys are doing sports entertainment. Right, and that's why, like, if they do this on a bigger scale, where we're getting something regularly, I legitimately would consider, like, let's just do this instead. So, for the listeners, if you were to hit pause and roughly rewind six minutes max, you'll hear me say, if I'm watching three hours of Raw the next day, I'm beating myself up because I maybe got 30 minutes, which is probably an exaggeration. I probably got 20 minutes tops, 15 minutes that mattered. Well, the elite, they're doing that. They're streamlining it for you rather than forcing you to watch three hours weekly from them. They give you a roughly 20 minute segment every Monday that you get to watch <laughs> on YouTube and it's sports entertainment. They're building to storylines of pay-per-views of house shows. And they're telling you about their personal life. They're doing different characters. I'm, it's sports entertainment. Yeah, and that's why, like, I look at them as like maybe these guys could be really be the thing. Now, prep did that like crystallize for you more how I feel than I've ever really said it before. I always knew that. I just wanted you to say it out loud. <laughs> so what you say for the people in the back, they can't hear you. <laughs> exactly. So here we go. I'm going to ask you guys to follow this format after I do it. Mm-hmm. Listeners. My name is Josh Prepaguina. I am a wrestling fan. What I love most about wrestling is going to live shows with my friends. An example, I took it upon myself to go to a live show by myself on Friday. <laughs> what promotion? It was uh, H2O Hardcore Hustle uh, Organization. Our good buddy, Matt Tremont, Sean Henderson, all those guys are wrestling over there. Example, there was a match. It was an intergender hardcore match. It was called a good housekeeping match, right? <laughs> okay. The second ever. 
the the guy comes out, you know, be this, be that. The girl comes out, Maria Manic. You guys might not know her. She's gassed to the gills. She's very attractive. She gets in the ring. The guy spits in her face. So she hot. goes. She goes <laughs> to the back. And I don't know if you guys remember ECW when New Jack would wrestle. How the song would just play in the background the whole time. Yeah. Or yeah, the gangsters, right? Mm-hmm. She comes back out. That the music that they used to play turns on. She has her backwards bandana on with a whole slew of weapons and squashes the guy. Sports entertainment, fantastic. Live shows are my favorite thing. Alo, who are you to the listeners? Uh well, I am uh you listen to the this. ladies call him Bela. Thank you. Be- before Alo goes, just to avoid any confusion. You did call yourself Josh Iguina. Yeah, I was after I so painstakingly made the transition to Iguina. Well, my brother, my brother says Iguina. He's the older one. He's probably right. Okay. Okay. So, Alo, who who are you? Well, I'm more of a. I'm on passion side with sports and entertainment, but also, also, I'm also way more intrigued by the business side. Now, when you guys listen to the show, you'll hear me constantly talk about the business and how WWE operates and what they do on a weekly basis. I listen to a lot of people who have podcasts that were that were backstage. Bruce Pritchard, I cannot preach that show enough. You will learn so much. It's like my Bible. Every episode is great because every episode is great. You guys know we, we make fun of Vince Russo. I think he's highly overrated, but... I do I do agree with his points on what a television show should be, but that's what that's what gets me. You know, I like going to live shows as well, but like Pash, I get irritated of the whole of the whole. Um, oh, I watch New Japan, so I, I watch New Japan. I watch this, I watch that. Like I don't care. Just enjoy the show. I don't care. That's me. I guess that's my cue. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, for the listeners at home, I am Eric Eck Trimbicki. I am the drunkest person on the cast, and I enjoy <laughs> both the sports entertainment and the pro wrestling concepts, similar to both my best friend Aaron the Lowdown Lloyd, uh, Mr. <laughs> Prep Edina. Can we put that out? No, I had no, to put that in. I was sure that. That was I am dying, day I am one dying to hear Donovan's response to you being <laughs> Day one episode. <laughs> when you used to say, here, hold on, I got to put my chest protector on. But yeah, look, I, 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 like, I like going to live events. Like, yeah. <laughs> for, for all the listeners at home, uh, I suggest trying to go to more live events. If you haven't been to an independent show, try to go to independent shows because, uh, one, for what you're going to pay to be in the nosebleeds, you could get a dangerously close seat. Um, it's more intimate and you get more interaction with the wrestlers, which in my opinion, that matters. Uh, that is a reason why I'm looking forward to this weekend when we go to house of hardcore. Um, but yeah, just like all the wrestlers and all my fellow co-hosts and Ron, we all grew up as WWE WWF fans. So that's obviously something that 
still holds dear to my heart, but I think every day I find myself enjoying more the alternative. And if you don't watch any of the alternative, I recommend you give it a shot. <laughs> my, right. my best, my best. He forgot to tell you guys that he's a hoarder. <laughs> Maybe didn't think that, had anything to do, that had nothing to do with the show. A <laughs> oh, wrestling merch. So there's it tangentially has something to do with the show. Yes. More like an aficionado. Aficionado of merchandise, yes. Um, Prep was always the more intelligent of those two. <laughs> so I guess that brings it to me. I am Ron Pashery Jr. now. I was not junior until last Please week. Please say the junior. Um, so what do I like? I like stories. Uh, I like characters, meaning I like heroes. I like villains. I like commentary, being able to tell the stories of those heroes and villains. I like comedy. I know a lot of people don't, but I like when it makes me laugh. Uh, I like a reason to keep following it. I like when the show ends, like if a pay-per-view ends, I like to have a reason to watch the next night. If Raw goes off on Monday, I like to feel like I need to see what happens next Monday, or same thing with Tuesday on SmackDown. Um, I do like storytelling within a match, it's just that I think in a lot of places you're not getting storytelling or maybe just not the stories that appeal to me, but that is, that's what I like. I like being taken on a journey. I like not thinking about it as 39-year-old me. I like getting taken to another place, being in a different place in my mind. Um, and like maybe more so than anything else, I like hashing it out with you guys. Like, if, if I was doing this podcast by myself, if this was like a solo show, I would have quit a long time ago. The only thing that has kept me doing this every week is I enjoy sitting down and talking to you guys about it, sometimes arguing with you guys about it, sometimes laughing with you guys about it. Th- those are the things that I, that I really like. Unfortunately, I'm just here for Joey Rodermo. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't feel like I have been served properly as a wrestling fan in a long time um but that that is who i am as a wrestling fan and i don't like to complain about the talent i don't like to boo the talent i like to support the talent and i like to hate the giant company at the top of everything (laughs) that may or may not be ruining the whole thing um anything else anyone wants to say before we go into listener questions i cancel my wwe network did you? The best thing about our group is that we share a lot of the streaming sites. Ron doesn't watch a lick of New Japan and nope. he pays for it. <laughs> I forgot we had that. And and Ron's hates <laughs> WWE and I've been using his network for like a year. <laughs> So I am the exact thing. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I do complain a lot about people who bitch and complain and still give them their money. I have said for a long time, I won't buy tickets. I won't buy merch. I won't buy DVDs or T-shirts, anything. I will only continue paying for the subscription because we do this show. So, But I am a little bit like the people I complain about in that I say I don't like it, but it's still getting my money. That's different. That's, the network's a little bit different, though, Ron. You do it for the show, Ron. You've stated it before. I do. Um, all right, so what do we have as far as listener questions? All right. One second. Back. 
Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll start this off with Champ, go the hell home, <laughs> or wa- or watch Raw live with no phone, no remote, <laughs> and no snacks. <laughs> oh, well, I already know. <laughs> what, what were the options again? Champ, go the hell home, go the hell home and watch wa- Raw. Oh, God. Or, or watch Raw live with no phone, no remote, and no snacks. Can I make that option? <laughs> what's, go- <laughs> what's going the hell home? Uh, Randy, Randy Orton dancing. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Nick F. Engage. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Hardcore legend. Uh, or Nicholas Cage. Uh, laugh has just outdone himself, hitting hitting me with a Nicholas. Yes, I I really you know that's like one of my things to go full name on somebody. A Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Oof. So Champ, because I know he would hate it, and I know he would not want to do it. I'm gonna go Champ Randy Orton dancing. <laughs> um, go the hell home. Nicholas Cage, because <laughs> of obvious reasons, which we all know. And I don't. Uh, oh, terrible. Oh, he's <laughs> just real, real corny dude. Basura. <laughs> um, and not worthy of a second of my time. So go the hell no. home. Um, he's out. He's in one good, one movie I like. One. David Arquette's brother, man. Um. Oh God, that's right. Or wait, really? No, they're not. They there's some. They're not was brothers, but okay. I I feel like they have some actual connection. Maybe he's just been in a bunch. Oh of no, movies his former with, brother-in-law. Yes, he was okay, married to Patricia great. Arquette. I guess I don't know. Um, too young for that. Yes, Nicolas Cage can go the hell home. <laughs> and watching Raw. With no remote, no phone, no sex. What else was there? Sex. Oh snacks. God. Is that no what I said? Oh, no snacks. Oh, I thought snacks. he said sex. You, you did mess up. I was going to say, that would, be, that would be a nice distraction from Raw. Um, yeah. <laughs> or the second time, it did sound like sex. Really? But yeah. That, yeah, that's what I thought I heard. Either way, it, it gets the point across. Uh, gauge. Like... Pash you know. gets it when he doesn't want it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> he comes to you. <laughs> He'll take a lift to a train, get out the train, jump in another lift. That's an hour and ten. <laughs> All right, so uh, his next question is, well, first, first he wants to say rest in peace, Dynamite Kid. I don't like the word underrated any longer. His his influence is underappreciated. He was a true pioneer and ahead of his time. So, for the question for tonight, whose influence is underappreciated? My answer is Paul Heyman. What he did in ECW is copied and recycled to this day. He brought Eddie, Malenko, Mysterio, Psychosis, RVD, and Sabu to my television. I did not have to rely on VHS, VHS tapes to see their excellence. Heyman's influence is experienced every day in every single match at any given federation. So that's obviously a good one. Um, 
But I'm going to say underappreciated. This may sound crazy because he's a legend. But I'm going to say the macho man Randy Savage. Because I think in that era, Hulk Hogan obviously overshadowed everyone and everything else. And I think the macho man was both great as a heel... He was great as a baby face. He was way better in the ring than like pretty much anybody else at that time. And I think like his kind of style, the way he cut promos, the way he his body language and everything, I think like that influenced a lot of guys who ended up going on to be great. And just even as as evidenced by the fact that Jay Lethal could go out there as Black Machismo and tear the house down. (laughs) <laughs> that tells you how good the macho man Randy Savage is. That another guy could just basically go out there and do an impression of him, and it, it gets over. So I'm going to say the macho man Randy Savage. Greatest intercontinental champion of all time. I appreciate that. Uh, and especially since I've been on like an old WCW binge, like I, think, I think even like his WCW work, he, like when he first went there, is so good and so overlooked. Yeah, I forgot you mentioned that to me a couple of weeks ago, how good he was. Um, I guess I'll go in a kind of different direction. Um, I, I know he just went into the Hall of Fame, but I'm going to say I'm going to say Kurt Angle because I think he's. I think despite even coming back, I think people kind of forever always forget how good he was in the ring, the quality of his matches, how believable he was, and you know when you think of like his background, you think of his accolades. Um, what he got to do in between leaving WWE and coming back and all those other different organizations. Um, I think he's someone that's just constantly forgot about and forgotten about. And I think there's a lot of people that, I mean, you, you, we always talk about how the, um, now I want to, I almost said the world's greatest tag team, but, um, Gable and Jordan, how they were like, a obviously they looked up to angle, but I think there's, there's other guys that have similar techniques with whether it be like with the suplexes or people that do try to do the grappling, the the submission holds that he did. I, I did think current angles, uh, what he gave to the business is overlooked. Another good choice, Brett. Uh, so I didn't put too much thought into this, so I'm going to answer as if I was my brother. Okay. <laughs> Eddie potatoes. <laughs> He would say Chris Canyon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, super underrated. Never really got the shake, and uh, but really good in the ring. Really good on the mic. Just Not wish, to do it. Just wish he had a yeah yeah. Brian Cage loves them. <laughs> they were homies, but uh, I I just wish we had him here a little longer. Also. I'm going to make this announcement now since he brought up the Dynamite Kid. Okay. This week we did not have an indie inquiry because you guys forgot to queue it up. Yeah. yeah. Pat, Pat, Pat was going way too hard on David Arquette. So Yeah. yeah. Lost my entire train of thought when I found out it was, he was going to be at House that of That match was so bad that you had to take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of... So next week, with your guys' permission, can we review two matches? Sure. Okay. One match is a request from Mr. Lafferty. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask. Okay. And then 
my choice for this week, we're going to go a little indie-rific for you. <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page from Wrestling Dentaku this year. Ooh, I, I think I've seen that. Never heard of either I guy. But again. Here he goes. I've never heard of either one, but I'm willing to watch the match and find out. I'm glad. You're going to really like Hangman Page. You think so? He, he a great. He's underrated. Yeah, we bought, we bought him beer. Yes, we did. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, um, so uh, uh, I kind of don't agree with Laugh about Heyman being underrated. Well, underappreciated because maybe if Heyman wasn't around, but we see him so much, so I don't think he's underappreciated. I think he gets all the credit that he deserves in this day and age. But um, I'm going to go with China because of the fact of one, WWE, they don't talk about her. And she was just as over as anybody in their hottest period. She was one of their top stars. None of the men had any problem being in the ring with her or putting her over, even when she beat Jared for the IC title in the first ever Good Housekeeping match. Jared had no problem whatsoever putting China over. He, did, he went out like a professional. And... WWE, they kind of like, they don't give her the recognition she deserves because she was actually what the women today actually aspired to be. Inspired to be and looked up to because she was the first woman's intercontinental champion. She was the first woman to be in the Royal Rumble. She complete, she competed for numerous singles titles. Almost every title they had back then, she competed, she competed for. So I personally feel that she's underappreciated today and she still deserves to be in the Hall of Fame whenever WWE decides to put her there and stop being petty I think that's a great example of saving the best for last I, I'm kind of mad I didn't think of that definitely uh, and you think of like with everything they've done from like the Mae Young Classic to the uh, Royal Rumble uh, the Women's Royal Rumble Women's Elimination Chamber now we're getting a Women's TLC match Evolution Pay-Per-View and they don't dwell on her and that's something that's definitely overlooked. Oh yeah, Joni is definitely overlooked. <coughs> um, yeah. I got another question. Okay. Are you, you got something to say? Oh no, no, good. Okay. Uh, we have a question from Kevin Fenty. Which TLC pay per view or match has been your guys' favorite? Um, I'm gonna go with this first because I. And I think we always say usually um, every year that like the shows aren't usually bad, at least for the B level shows. But I can't really think of one that sticks out in my head. Um, so I'm going to take the easy cop out and say TLC match. I got to go WrestleMania two or I believe it was SummerSlam two thousand. Both of those they're, they're classics. They're the original two tables, ladders, and chairs match. Um, I've seen each of them probably 50 plus times i can only imagine aaron seeing them 175 plus times each <laughs> um, they're 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 both great um they're prime examples of in not that you'll hook someone on wrestling but if you have someone that's never watched wrestling and you want to get them interested that's a match to, to put on similar to king of the ring um 97 hell in the cell i mean it's just the Bot fest that you get out of it. The six amazing competitors, once in a lifetime for the tag team division. Uh, 
great matches. TLC one, TLC two. Um, for me, that's tough because that's kind of what I was going to go with. The, the only other one that like immediately jumps out to me that I remember enjoying and Eck, I watched this with you. Um, AJ Ambrose. That was really good. Uh, from, I believe 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, loved that match. I thought like AJ, I thought both guys looked incredible. I thought it was like a great cap to that show. Uh, that wasn't a gimmick match either, right? It was TLC. It was a TLC match. Oh, okay. Because I remember, Am or not Ambrose, AJ had a spot where he like went from the ladder like through the ropes directly to the floor. And I was like, I don't know if there's anyone else in the world that could have done that spot and not actually gotten injured. I think that was the one where AJ's tights ripped in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Now, I remember watching this a lot more. Now. All right. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it was an excellent match, uh, especially for one being more recent to be the first one that comes to mind after those two. Uh, I think there has to be a lot of credit given to that one. What do you guys have, uh, Prep and Alo? So since since all you, I'm just gonna say one that I liked because I guess one and two is everybody's favorite. TLC 2015, uh, the triple threat match, New Day versus the Usos versus the Lucha Dragons. Oh, that one was really good. Yes. Uh, Salida Del Sol from the ladder. One of the crazy. <laughs> yeah, I still have that saved on my Twitter somewhere. I wish you guys saw how much I cringed at that one. So, <laughs> I can only imagine. So just, just for discussion, uh, when you think of that match, and I'm mad I didn't think of that one. Um, when you think of that match between TLC one and two, and I know like those, some of those teams split up and stay together for another couple of years, but from that generation to 2015, there's never been a, a tag ladder match, TLC match anywhere near as good. Yeah. At least to my knowledge. I'm kind of glad you said that due to the fact, because I almost made the Hardys, Edge and Christian and the Dudleys my answer for last question mm -hmm. due to the fact, due to the fact that they spoiled us. And no, no matches ever touched that. Touch those. You could pick the, the first TLC match. You could pick TLC 2, even TLC 3 on SmackDown with Jericho and Benoit, even the triangle of WrestleMania 2000. Nothing's topped that. And I don't want to see TLC matches anymore because of that. <laughs> it's like when I asked Prep a couple weeks ago, what was the best episode of Ronnie vs. the World? He said the first one. <laughs> <laughs> all I down, have a new one. Though. All downhill from there. Which one, which one topped it? Uh, the little engine that could. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I thought Renaissance is the best. That that's is, my favorite. The Conan O'Brien one is my personal favorite one, but I, I I would probably have a hard time not putting the Renaissance one at the top just because of the response that it got when I didn't expect like much response at all to that. It was like a throwaway to me. Because the best part about the Renaissance Center one is I can see Ron doing everything. <laughs> So so like like as I'm listening, it's like a movie. Yeah, going on. But uh, like I said, we talked about the TLC matches. You could pick any of those three, but the Hardys, ENC, and the Dudleys. But uh, I'm gonna go with John Cena versus Edge at Unforgiven 2006. Okay. In a in a close second <laughs> is uh, Edge and the Undertaker at uh, One Night Stand Away. All right, we got a, a good uh, mix of choices there. And uh, Michael J. Day has mm -hmm. a question. 
Um, I'm not sure if you guys think know who this is, but um, do you guys think Blackout will retain their tag titles on Sunday? Slash, how will Rich Swan fare? I believe that's the Impact Tag Team titles. Is that the first Impact related question we've ever gotten on this show? Besides the one from Donovan, yes. Uh, Blackout, I think, is CZW. Is it? Yeah, which you guys wouldn't really know nothing about. No. Yeah, you said Rich Swan. I got a swan. So Rich Swan had a tag team match on Impact this week. I'm pretty sure that Rich Swan is going to be on that CZW show too. Uh, Cage of Death right after. There, there, there is. Yeah, there's a CZW show in Philly Sunday as well. I'll, okay. give, I'll give you the expert answer on this question. I think Blackout will fare just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and do we see? <laughs> I definitely see it a retain in the, in the future. Yeah, and do we see uh, Sammy Callahan Saturday? Yes, I will be thoroughly disappointed if we don't. Um, I believe the I, we're going to House of Hardcore fifty two, House of Hardcore fifty one last week. Saw I believe Sammy Callahan challenged for the House of Hardcore television title, which I'm pretty sure he did not win. Uh, if he did win that, and I am wrong, I'm certain he would be there. But I know, I know he has a huge soft spot in his heart for the 2300 Arena, so I can't imagine him not being there. Yeah, I expect that we will see him. Me too. Unless he's booked elsewhere, I don't see why not. Especially if he's going to be the new champ, right? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, well, anything that's, else? That's it for tonight. Uh, any final thoughts anyone wants to get out before we close it out? That felt good. <laughs> you guys are my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I agree. Like like I said, that's the reason why I have continued to do this and have gotten the enjoyment. The enjoyment that I get out of wrestling comes from the three of you and Joseph Rodermill more so than it comes from watching WWE every week. Yeah, the uh, update, update. <laughs> no Sammy Callahan Saturday. Oh, wow. So we were all proven wrong already. Right. Is that the first time we were proven wrong on a prediction in show? <laughs> I he think was, usually uh, you have to at least wait till the next week. He's booked at AAW already. Yeah. Well, damn day. Um, the four of us answered. And the four of us were wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> um, all right, well. Hold on, what, what time's the show? It's Pro- in Ohio. <laughs> you sound just like day. <laughs> I think he's still going to be there. We'll see him in the main. Eck, never give up hope. I'll oh, bring my headband for you. Never The never <laughs> give up headband? Never give it up headband. It is my color. <laughs> um well, yeah, so as Prep said earlier, if you enjoy the format we've been using on the show for the last, I don't know, few months, let us know. If you'd rather us take a step back and try to just have more general discussion, let us know that too. Uh, Joel Embiid, uh, feel free to come on the show and trust the process. That would be a nice change. LeBron, throne is always waiting. Uh Listen, or I'm sorry, subscribe on iTunes, leave five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes, what a maneuver.net to embrace the madness.
All right, so for Ek2 Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepigina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all. Awesome.